If you've ever used the term work-life balance for any reason, this episode is for you. We have operated under a very different perspective when it comes to how work exists in our lives at Softway. And we think that you'll get a lot of value in hearing our perspective. In this episode, we break down the concept of work-life integration and why it's so important to a healthy workplace culture. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Ma, and I'm a director here at Softway, which is a technology company that helps transform company cultures. I'm joined by my colleagues, President and CEO, Mohammed Anwar. Hey, Mo, how's it going? Hey, Jeff. And Frank Dana, director of software. Hey, Frank. Hey, Jeff and Mohammed. Well, gentlemen, we're going to be breaking down yet another uh, topic here in our, in our little three-man session. And today, I actually wanted to peel the onion a little bit on a term that we've heard a lot of, especially in the last year and a half since COVID. Um, but even before that, it was always a hot topic. And it's the term work-life balance. And I think we'll hear that you hear this term all the time in different contexts. Uh, I think most often you're hearing it in the context of complaints, usually issues, if you will, with work-life balance. People feeling that they have no work-life balance, feeling that work-life balance at, at a certain company is, is you know, not there. Uh, so when people say work-life balance, what they mean is too much work, not enough, not enough life, um, and that's an issue for people. And so um, I know that we um, at, at, at Love as a Business Strategy, at Softway, and just in our philosophy in general, have a, a bit of a different perspective on this. And so I wanted to share that with the audience today. And so, Mohammed, this always this started way back before. I mean, this is one of our oldest kind of thoughts, right? Like this was before the days of our book. This was before even Seneca and a lot of the philosophies. We had a perspective on work-life balance that was a little bit different. Um, how did that come about? Or tell us the origin stories of these, uh, of our perspective on work-life balance. Sure. I think, I think the reality is that there's a misunderstanding of work-life balance, right? Like if you really look at the phrase for what it is, it means balance of work and life, meaning 50, 50, 50% of your time you're working 50% of the time you're doing your life things. Right. And the first misconception is there is no life without work, right? Like work is part of life. If you really think about it, um, our work impacts our life, um, our outside of work, life and the in work life, right? Like if you have a bad day at work, it impacts your life. If you have a bad thing going on in your life, it impacts your work. So number one, that's all life. And you can't have a decent life without working to pay for your life. <laughs> so it's like, is this, is this, you can't distinguish the two. Our philosophy is that life consists of work. <laughs> And we're not saying all of your life is only doing work 
or talking about 50-50 equilibrium, there is no way to achieve that. The reality is we need to treat life as life. You have ups and downs in life. You have things that happen in life. And at that moment in time, you can't be like, well, this is the time of the day where this is not my life. So I'll deal with it when I get off because that's when I get to take care of my life. Because until then, I'm a different person at work. And that's very difficult to achieve. You're telling this singular human to get to work and be a different person and get out of work and then be a different person because you're treating with this work-life balance equation as two different uh, people or two different scenarios and two different aspects altogether. And what we believe is in work-life integration, the reality is that life is consistent of work and you're going to have ups and downs in life. You're going to have seasons where you need to take care of your family. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your health and you need to be able to prioritize more of your time for taking care of your, yourself and your family. And then there are going to be seasons when work might be where you may have to go and do a little bit more of work and you have to make some sacrifices at home. But it's all about, at the end of the day, having that ability to swing one way or the other for seasons and do it in a way that is healthy, do it in a way that it's flexible and allows you to adjust and be flexible to your life circumstances, life situations, where you are in your life and your journey of life, whether you are now a, a new parent with a baby or whether you have aspired to travel or move to a different part of the country or you have to go take care of your parents who are sick or you want to go back to school and still have a, an income how can we create work-life integration where we're not treating work as a separate aspect but rather a part of your life and how do you accommodate and create environments where you have opportunities to have that flexibility. And that is something we have preached and tried to aspire for even six years ago. Um, it's becoming more of a reality today, post COVID, because now people have recognized that, hey, if I can work from home, and if I had to take care of my kids going to school from home, and I've had to accommodate all the life situations and still got work done, and I'm able to get work done and manage my life, why do I have to now go back to work? Why do I now have to be at the office eight hours a day? Why do I have to go up or go travel and commute to be at the office just to stamp in and stamp out my eight hours of the day that I'm supposed to be there because that's my portion of the work-life balance? It just, people are now recognizing that, wait a minute, they're like, it's not balance is what I need. I need flexibility. I need the ability to take care of my stuff when I need to, and I will take care of my work and I need to be trusted that I will also take care of work because I believe it is a part of my life. I can't lead my life without work, right? But I can't come to work and be fully uh, productive if I can't take care of my life situations at home. So why not integrate the two and have that flexibility? Um, and by integrate doesn't mean you're working 24 hours because that was, you know, we had a copywriter who argued with me that work-life integration means work enters your life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to explain to you, but that's not what I'm meaning. 
by work-life integration, it means you have that flexibility of going back and forth based on the needs and demands. I, I think I think the the term work life balance one of the biggest problems with it is that whenever it's used, if you think of the context and you think of what it means, um, there's this inherent negativity to the work. Like work life balance, as it, when you say, "Oh, I have no work life balance," you're inherently saying life is good and work is bad, and you're inherently saying that I hate my job most of the time. Not hate, maybe that's a strong word, but you, you don't want to be working. And yeah, I get that. Nobody, you know, work is by, by definition work. So you have to, you know, work at it. Um, I have a friend who, you know, a good friend and we, we, we hang out and we will, we'll schedule things to do together. And I remember, um, back earlier, um, he would, you know, sometimes say, Hey, do you want to go do this or do that? Or do you want to hang out and get on a game tonight or something? And I'll say, no, I can't, I gotta, I gotta jump on a call. Um, with with some folks in India to work on a work on a thing, and you know it's late night, and he's like he's like holy crap, like that at that time I'm like yeah, and then he's like man that sucks, your job is like that's messed up of your job, like, you should find a new job. Like he's getting really worked up for me. And I was like no, I was like I, I don't understand what you're talking about because like, this is not nobody told me to do this. I run a team that I think it'd be very important tonight to to align on on what we need to get done and. I don't do this every night. And I, and I think that, you know, tonight it would be a perfect opportunity to get this kind of work really kickstarted and I'm happy to do it. And, and he didn't really understand. He just didn't understand that concept. He was just like, no, you, you know, you're, you're, I'm like, he didn't understand the concept that no boss made me do that. Um, that no one environment imposed that on me. And I think that's where it's hard for people to understand work-life integration versus work-life balance is that they, they, some some people don't know any other world where it's just, you know, I, and the reality is people, you know, yes, a lot of people don't like their jobs, but let's be real. It's not that you don't like what you do. You don't like the people you work with. You don't like the environment that you have to deal with. And Muhammad, you mentioned earlier that there's this inherent work self in our home self that we have learned to very clearly delineate. The problem is like, if you have a work self, that's exhausting. Like a work self is someone you just have to like always be someone you're not. It takes energy. It takes effort. It takes focus to just not be yourself for that much time. And so, yeah, of course you're going to feel the strain of work-life balance because, you know, an eight hour workday or whatever feels so exhausting because it's not the work. It's rarely the actual work that exhausts you. It's dealing with people in a way that you feel like you have to tiptoe around the politics, the, the toxicity, and just having to put on a front and a face and smile at people you don't like and things like that. These things, that's what creates the feeling of work-life imbalance. When really what you mean is, you know, there's a, there's a culture that makes it so you cannot be yourself and you feel the need to have a separation of work and life. Frank? Agreed. It's, and that's the it, end of the it, podcast, y'all. We that's just, the uh, end of the podcast. That's the end of the podcast. I I feel like, you know, what we've what we've definitely done at Softway is okay. If you need to spend time with your family, do it. If you need a lot, if you need to realign with friends, t- make the time. If you're slacking or behind or not focused or need to step up at work, you do what you got to do. Um, and life shifts when it needs to, and work shifts too. And that's really to me what work life integration means is that there's 
not this counterbalance. I'll take some coins from this side. Now I have to put other coins on this side to make sure that I'm balanced completely. It's literally the flexibility like Muhammad mentioned, but you can't really have this type of integration without working for an organization that allows for that type of flexibility. Cause it's incredibly difficult to take time to adjust if you're getting flack about it from the people that you work with, right? Like if you're trying to embrace work-life integration by not trying to do less work or more fine, or whatever your whatever other people see as their perception, you have to have a, a committed culture that says we believe in this and we recognize it. And mm -hmm. that makes it to where you as an organization can actually create this environment because the outcome of this is people actually show up refreshed. They show up knowing that they don't have to stress about their dental appointment. They don't have, I mean, these things that people get really worked up about. I, I you know, I, I can't take two, two hours off to, you know, go get my teeth cleaned that I haven't done in two years because I've been afraid of how people are going to respond or react because it's outside, you know, like that, that literally happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. Imagine a workplace and I'm not talking about a physical office. I'm talking about a work environment because, you know, remote and hybrid is going to be here where you can do the things you need to do and take care of the work that you need to take care of and people won't judge you for it. I, that's that's really what we're trying to achieve. And when you yeah. start with trust, like Muhammad mentioned, and you begin to practice these as a, as a team and as an organization, you start to see that you're able to bring your full self to work. Like Jeff, you mentioned, you're able to actually not have to turn on or off a work version of yourself because it's you. And that to me is why this, we should aspire to create this, not just in this culture at Softway, but in all cultures and organizations, because, you know, it's incredibly liberating. I think once you, once you remove the demands of having to create a perfectly balanced work and life relationship, it is a stress relieving thing. Please hear me on that. Frank, I think what you said there bears repeating work life, the concepts of work-life balance, work-life integration are not within a person's mindset. It is in the culture of how a team or organization behaves. Behaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So like, like at Softway, as an example, um, everybody, and this sounds weird maybe to some people to even hear, but every if someone's not in the office or working remotely or, you know, everybody knows why. <laughs> And it's like, I don't mean that as a bad thing, but it's like, oh yeah, someone's, their dog got sick or they're out, they're taking a personal day, they're doing whatever. Then there's no judgment, no shame. It's all, it's like this accepted kind of, because we all know that life is here with us alongside when we have meetings, planning stuff, we're not just like when we have sprint plannings and stuff where we, we don't just sit and go, oh, um, you know, you have three days out and like we, we say, no, like this week I'm dealing with some stuff. We talk about even if we're not taking time off, we say, hey, this week I have the kids and they're going to be distracting me. And, you know, and everyone knows that. Like, just know that about me because that's part of my work. My work will be impacted. You scheduled a meeting at 8 a.m. I'm taking my kids to school. To me. I'm going to take that call, but I'm going to be on mute. I'm going to be delivering my kids at daycare. That's the reality. And that's I'm fair point. I'm accepted for that. And I'm I'm yeah. forgiven for that. And I'm, I, I, I appreciate that that understanding from others and I extend that courtesy back to them and I work extra hard to make it up yeah. for them because because of that environment, you know? And I think and I think people don't 
like how many people in our audience and just be honest with yourself right now, like just, you know, have recently or, you know, whatever have called in sick um, to do something else, you know, that when you're not sick, it's, I mean, like, that's just so, I, I know friends and people who just, that just happens. Think about why you have to do that. Like, why what do you have to call have in to sick yeah. to take a personal day yeah. to do anything you want to just be a, you're just, fed up with what you have to deal with and you need that space which should be a fair and valid reason to take a break in the first place but second you feel the need to you know not look that bad when you need that time you need to still put on your work self persona and say i'm a hard-working individual a team player i'm all in this but i just happen to be sick today like no questions asked if you call and sick a Softway, everyone's going to call in on you and make sure, like, are you okay? Can I bring you something? Cookies like, delivered. Like, like, you better not be lying because yeah. someone might show up at your door with a care package and you're going to be like, you're going you're gonna to be like, oh, I'm not actually home right now. Yeah. Like, it's going to be very embarrassing. So, but I mean, the, it's just, yeah, go ahead, Frank. I was just going to say, but think, think about it. You know, we talk, so you brought it to, to the behavior side, which is kind of where I was tiptoeing around. But it, it also honestly starts with leaders. So like, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, how does a culture like this get formatted? How does it get created? How does it get established and pushed throughout an organization? It starts with leadership. And here's, let me give you an example. If you walk into a room or have a conversation with a leader around a group of people, and that leader says a little, like, like a, a stinging jab at the fact that you're taking time to go to the dentist during work hours, right? They're, they're kind of like, and I don't know why I'm talking about the dentist. I literally don't know why that's the example I'm using. But just imagine, right? You need to get, get your my... appointment set up, Frank. I need. I really do. Dentist. I do. Um, but imagine for a second that leader in front of others sets a precedent by how they reacted to a situation. Maybe it's not in front of others. Maybe it's just to you directly. That's not something you do on company time. I'm anticipating that you're going to work extra time as a result, whatever that needs to be. Leadership is ultimately creating the environment. And that behavior extends from the way the leader behaves and ultimately reacts to an individual trying to embrace this idea of, of an inclusive kind of work-life integration. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, if you're, if you're striving to create this environment, you have to ask yourself, if you're a leader, are you setting the right example for people to be able to do this for themselves? That's that's a, that's something that Muhammad, like you said, six six years ago, we were having this conversation about work life integration. You know, even even a little bit before we really started to transition to our organization, I wrote a blog about it in October of two, 2017 because of the term you told me about from work life balance to work life integration. You said that term to me, and I wrote an entire article about it because it blew my mind. Right, that was many years ago, but. It started with making, making focused changes in the way we behaved around life experiences being a part of work. And I feel like that's, that's the ticket. That's the key is leaders actually do set the tone in regards to how this is perceived and ultimately explored inside of a company. I remember back in 2017, Jeff used to bring Cody into the office when he yes. had no care. For Cody's his, my son, just a, for context. Yeah, when, when he had no, <laughs> just a random he had person no, named Cody. When he had no care uh, caretakers for his baby or anything like, you know, uh, he would 
I mean, it was no force. We didn't force him to bring Cody, but he chose to bring Cody to take care of his uh, his son and feed him and take care of him, change his diapers <laughs> in the middle of a work day, in the work office. It was actually a very welcome. <laughs> yeah, here's the mindset. Here's the mindset behind that. It was. It was. There was like some critical projects going on, and I. It's not that I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to let my team down, and I knew that. There are certain meetings, certain things that I could have stepped out of. I could have said, you know, today, due to circumstances, I'm stuck with the kid. I might call in here or there or whatever, but I really am out for the day. And I would have felt comfortable doing that. So those circumstances were truly like, I want to be here for the team. And I know that it's an environment that will also be welcoming of weird circumstances. And so I was really happy to bring my son in and he was a newborn and he, you know, slept for a lot of that time so that worked out as well but there are some meetings where i'm just like rocking a stroller we had these big conference room meetings where i'm yeah. on the end with a burp cloth and a baby on my shoulder it was great times great memories very weird um with my second child i did less of that because i was like um now it's two so i'm not bringing, <laughs> not bringing two in uh that's but, different but jeff would you have done that if there would have been any sort of any sort of behavior from Muhammad indicating that that would not be acceptable? I mean, of, of, of course not, but right. I, I think it's, it's key for me to highlight how much of like that was, I don't want people to hear that and get the wrong idea. It's like, like they're dry. Like this is, this is why I can't share Like my friends just don't get it sometimes. Cause they're That's like, fair. wait, your company's driving you so hard that you have to bring your kid in instead of taking the day off. I'm like, no, like you have to understand that the only reason that happened is because the culture around me was one that was warm, welcoming, and one that I wanted to make sure that I didn't let down. And so it wasn't like Muhammad goes, Hey, I know you have the kid, but you need to figure out a way to get this work done. And I'm like, okay, well, how about bring my kid? And he's like, fine. <laughs> so that's not how it plays out. It was, it was literally like, Hey, Mo, you think it's cool if I bring the kid? And he's like, absolutely. We'd love to see that kid. And then um, I actually ultimately lowered productivity of the overall team because many members would come and play with my kid for hours. And uh, I, I would argue with that. It actually <laughs> was a very pleasant distraction for everyone in the office and got us to actually feel really good and got us to be energetic back at work. So people <laughs> wanted that distraction and it actually got us to like have a break and be far nice. more productive. It was actually very nice. So Jeff, that is wrong. Cool. That I'll have more. Was, I'll, 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 you, you I'll get to work on me. You got to barely. I'll make. I'll make more. Kids. I'll get to work. I'll make more kids. I'll, I'll just just for the productivity of software. I'll, That's I'll it. Like, like literally, Jeff. When you brought Cody in before you got that stroller through the door, someone already had him in their arms. Like literally, it was. You're like, where is Cody? And it's just he was just being taken care of. Like it was wild. Anyway, I remember that. I was fantastic. I, there were there were definitely chunks of time, like large like things I shouldn't chunks of time that I shouldn't admit to where I didn't know where my child was. <laughs> but I I trust I trust you. Anyways, Mo, but, I have but a can, I, can I ask something? Like, isn't that isn't that very it, the same thing happened as soon as COVID hit and there was lockdown? You had kids with you. We had to work with the kids around us. It actually prepared us to be oh, ready yeah, for a COVID situation. <laughs> I was just talking to another person who works somewhere else, like about this, uh, like like how um, I'm always blown away by the stories of like struggles of other people's transitions to COVID time. It was a crazy transition for all people in life, but from a software perspective, like it 
it was not that difficult to be honest to translate kind of our our underneath the surface culture to the new environment overall because of things like that like there was already an understanding of 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 what was acceptable like in our culture and things like that there's less of this you know we didn't work remote before but it, it's it seemed for me at least very very seamless and i think for uh, others that that had that had this the shock of having to to deal with family it created a, a a much more a much better understanding of having grace for people and and so now i feel like like you mentioned at the beginning muhammad people have actually started to recognize that work and life are really way more integrated than we've ever thought they were and these barriers and these perceptive walls like these walls of perception that we've put up between both of them have started to really come down and that is important that people have gotten the chance to feel it right it was almost a forced necessity and as a result of that it's changing work but the I, you know what we encourage people to do is is continue to strive for work-life integration, even in, even in the perception of how you see yourself in work and in life. And, and that also does create this opportunity to remove stress and anxiety, knowing that you're able to properly just be yourself throughout. Mo, let me ask you a question though. What if I come to you and I say, um, great work-life integration. Oh, I'm a leader. I'm a, another CEO. It's great. But I know that when I start, you know, just being nice to everyone and letting them take whatever time off they want and doing their personal. I know that people are going to start abusing this. They're going to just start taking personal days, whatever, dropping their work. Like, that's why I can't do like, you know, I'm not going to go in this direction because, you know, this is easily abusable. How am I supposed to get, keep my team productive if, you know, life is, you know, this valid reason to just slack off. What do you say to that 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 leader? First of all, I will say that it's unfortunate that you're painting everyone in the same light that as though everyone would abuse it or everyone would slack off. I think there's some realities to it. It doesn't mean people won't take advantage of that type of an environment, but that's where your culture comes into play is like, what kind of a culture do you have? What kind of relationships do you have inside of your organization that might lead people to abuse that, that, that freedom or flexibility, right? And it starts with you as a leader having trust and assuming good intent of your team. If you're going to start with an angle of, well, I don't trust my team. I do not believe they have good intent. I think they will take advantage of this then you are the one who has to change your perspective because you need to approach this from an angle of assuming good intent of your team and trusting them. Now, if there are people who take advantage of your flexible policies, then address them one-on-one, -on -one. address that very person. You know what that takes? That takes courage to be able to address that one person and not punish everyone for the acts of few. Very commonly, when leaders will change policies and protocols for the entire company because some one person abused the policy, I look at that leader and I think, oh, were they just not courageous enough to address that one person so they just decided to mm. change the policy for everyone? You know, I heard this one story mm. 
you know, um, you know, they had a strong shift time in his workplace. One of my, I, I work out with this person and he said he had to show up at 5.30 every morning. And at, at 6 a.m. they would have a, you know, a meeting to talk about their cases and what they needed to do. And the boss would come in every day and in the morning at six. And the first thing he would do is yell and scream at everyone because somebody showed up late. Because that one person showed up late, everybody else had to listen to this guy yell and scream about how you better show up on time. You guys better come here on time. And then 90% of them were there on time at 5.30 in the morning. It was just because of the one or two people every day, the, re- the whole team got a chewing, <laughs> and I, I yelled at. And he's like, this is crazy. Like, I just wish my boss had the courage to talk to the people who were abusing the, the, the responsibility they had instead of us having to constantly hear, you know, uh, get punished for the act of few. So similar vein, Jeff, I would say like, first of all, you don't know that people are going to abuse the policy. That's just your assumption. Um, secondly, you are assuming bad intent of your team. While there might be a few, you can't paint everyone in the same perspective. And yes, you need to address those people and you need to have the courage to go address that person. But you got to give everyone else the genuine shot to take advantage of the flexibility because at the end, they are going to do what is needed for the workplace. You just have to trust yourself and your team. That last piece is huge for me, Mo. Like, I think, I think work-life integration, that two-way thing, where if you do it right, it's not just a free-for-all vacation policy. It's also a permission for people to go above and beyond and work as well. Like, quick, just top of my head right now, quick shout out to Maggie McClurkin, our executive producer. I worked on a team with her uh, a long time ago now, but I'll never forget because we were like kind of, co-pilots of this team that we were working on and you know just because it would be a great way to like get going on that sprint and working we both decided that we meet at like 8 or 9 p.m that night just to work out some details and stuff like that and that was an incredibly good time like like i go back to the culture like we met and we got we just got together we got focused but it was like having a call with a friend or something like not just because we were at the time we weren't necessarily even like you know that close we were just both of the same mindset of like hey we work in an environment that you know work life integration we can work during quote unquote lifetimes as well and it was super super um really productive work we got a great meeting that we felt really good about setting things up right that way it made our relationship better made it easier to work from that point on it was a launching point for a lot of things and I, I love that moment. Um, and it's just an example of how like it works both ways, how we were willing to put that work and integrate it into our life. And yeah, it, it made a big difference. So um, that was a great conversation. Once again, uh, thank you, Frank and Muhammad for joining me in this conversation. When it comes to uh, work-life balance, hopefully we gave a little better perspective of how we look at it. And maybe you, wherever you are in the organization, can find a way to consider work-life integration uh, a possibility and what that might look like for you and those around you. Because we really believe in it. We think it's a game changer. Um, And yeah, with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for um, following us. Um, Our book, I'll always keep plugging because I'm proud of it. Uh, 
our book is on Amazon and all book retailers. It's a bestseller. Um, USA, Amazon, and Wall Street Journal. Here at Love, Love is a Business Strategy the Podcast, we are going to continue posting episodes every Wednesday. If you like what you hear, please do share with a friend, give us a review, and all that good stuff. So with that, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.